Hello and welcome to the second part of our Off the Water podcast brought to you by the National Governing Body RY Scotland. Over this two-part pod we bring together voices from the Scottish boating community and we are welcoming our affiliates who enable so much of our activity and help us to enjoy Scotland's waters this summer together. I'm Jack Mitchell and I'm hosting alongside Nikki Stewart and we're over the moon that Robin Nicholas is joining the conversation this week. The podcast is produced and edited by Mark with support from Claire. It really takes a team to make it happen. Yeah, it's great to join in this week and look at how our clubs are getting on and how we are supporting our volunteers as they move through the changes and how they have adapted. This podcast aims to hear from the members of the community and provide an insight into our work across the sector. Just a wee disclaimer, these are the thoughts of our own and of our guests. If you have any comments or complaints, please drop us an email at podcast at rwayscotland.org.uk. We are also looking for your feedback on the podcast, on our subjects we have covered or ideas looking towards the future. Please find the link in our bio. Following on from the training centre discussion about their challenges and plans for the future, Robin and Jack catch up with three clubs to talk about their journey through COVID and what they're planning to do this summer. We're all over the moon and delighted to be welcoming Lorna, Neil and Joe to our podcast. Today, we're going to have a conversation about the impact of COVID-19 and hear directly from a mix of our clubs. Hello, and thank you for joining our podcast. Uh, first of all, if you could just sort of introduce yourself and what club you're from uh, and give us a sort of brief overview of what you've been up to. I'm Lorna Drummond and I am Vice Commodore and RYE Training Principal at St Andrews Sailing Club. Um, St Andrews Sailing Club is an RYE recognised training centre and we're a community sailing club. We are really fortunate that we're right in the centre of St Andrews but also right on the seashore at East Sands and we enjoy fantastic views out of our clubhouse window over East Sands. Brilliant. Thanks Lorna. Uh, Joe. How are you? Hi, I'm Joe from Commonwealth Sailing Club. Uh, my second name, Robin, says Swersey, but there may be some Polish people listening, so I've got to say it properly, Shercheck. Uh, just south of Commonwealth, uh, lovely loch, uh, sits up nice and high, lovely clean winds, friendly, open little club. I've uh, been there for a few years, and uh, if you're in the area, please come along and have a, have a, a sail with us. Brilliant. Hi, Neil. And we, like Lorna, are an RYA training centre. We also do a, uh, a lot of racing. This year has been an extremely strange year. We had lots of plans for development in, in a number of areas. More training, more racing, more... And it all stopped absolutely dead in the middle of March. The last few months have been really challenging for everyone. Um, and, you know, the clubs have been significantly impacted. And just, you know, a little bit more detail. Is there anything in particular, you know, where COVID has had a real sort of challenge for you as an organisation? I mean, it has been a challenging situation. Um, obviously, we're all set to start the season, um, the beginning of April, and that just never happened. And we're very concerned about retaining our club membership um, and keeping people actively involved in the club when obviously there's no on-the-water activity. So... One way that we sort of met that challenge was that we did a few things online. So we did some of the VR regatta sailing and we had sort of regular races on that uh, during the week, Tuesdays and Thursdays we did with that. And we had some members who joined in the national championships, like we had the, the women's um, champs and the spring champs. 
we had some successes with the club with that. So that was all really positive. And then we did uh, other things to engage more uh, members of the club who are maybe not interested in that. So we did a fortnightly quiz and our Commodore uh, organised an Olympic uh, sailor, that's a GB sailor, Luke Patience, to come and talk to the club members online, which really engaged a lot of members, all ages and stages of sailors. So that was really good. But I think a real challenge over those periods when people would be expecting to sail, um, not to have anything available. So um, we did try and cope with that as much as we could. And I think the other real challenge for us has been how to restart sailing. We're met with all this guidance that uh, you know was quite detailed and quite hard to get your head around. And also it had to be implemented within a timetable really, because as soon as phase one was announced, everybody wants to get in their boats. And of course, as a club, we have to be giving guidance to our members because we uh, want to make sure that when they are visiting the yard and you know, taking their boats out, that they are complying with government regulations and also obviously the advice that we got from RYA Scotland. So uh, that was a challenge. I think we had to move quickly on that. But uh, I think fortunately we had quite a lot of club members with some uh, expertise and we were able to get on top of that quite, quite soon really. So uh, those are the two areas I think I'd really highlight as being quite challenging. Yeah, it's been particularly busy. Um, what about you, Joe? What's, uh, what's been happening at Cumbernauld? It's been a strange year because uh, in many respects, Quite a, quite a few, if not most of our members, have hardly been affected. That's to say they, they arrive by car within five miles and they can sail away to their heart's content. I've never done as much windsurfing in my life. I'm still sore from yesterday. Stack them up. I've got a list as long as my arm, people who want to join. Uh, local people have been out finding new walks and discovered there's a lock there and that looks like a sailing club down there. Let's go on the web and see what it's called. And it's called Cumbernauld. So it's been a funny time, but hopefully back to normal soon, back in the boat, back with the web feet again. Uh, so it's, it was a case of saying, look, guidance is guidance and guidance has to be followed. So the club will be open uh, for the next two Sundays uh, by one person. You come in, take all your uh, stuff down the road if you want to sail and you sail from the car only. I'm just glad I bought a motorhome last year, so I'm very comfortable. But uh, everyone complied, com complied really well. Uh, as I say, m most of our people are within the five mileage limit, uh, and they've all sailed from their car. The clubhouse has been shut, so they've been very compliant and be very grateful for that. And they're just looking forward so much to getting back on the water. Well, most of them have been on the water. We had a first race, a socially distanced race on Sunday. Uh, luckily, it was very, very windy, and uh, our laser sailors aren't the best in the world, so one race was enough for them. It's great fun. How's it been going at Presswick? What kind of impact have you had, had in the club? Well, it's, it, I mean, it's had a massive impact um, because we had a we had a you know a full program planned for the year, and um, we stopped dead um, in March. Stopped our preparation, shut the club down. Then, when it beca became apparent that it was likely that the relaxation would allow us, start to allow us to do things. The relaxation wasn't efficient to allow us to just pick up and start again. We really had to th basically throw everything that we planned in the bin and not just what we planned, but how we planned to do it and start from scratch on everything. How we, how we handle safety, could we race, how would we race our training, how, would we, how could we get, uh, do any training at all, 
how could we get people onto our site? Yeah, every, everything we've done has been built from the bottom up to try and follow the legislation. Um, and in some cases, the legislation has been difficult to interpret for a sailing club. The, gover you know, the government legislation or government relaxation has been very generic and it doesn't, or it's difficult to apply it to what we are doing. We've tried to, and so we have now, we have start, we've started racing as well, but it's a different format, completely different arrangement from what we're, we're used to. And we've started training again, but it's limited. It's only, it's only families, but, and, and that, that's what we're going to have to do for the rest of the year is just kind of build it up um, as, as we're able to. Yeah, it's really quite, I suppose, quite nice to hear that those feedbacks. And just picking up a little bit what what Neil you said, um, you know, we know sailing clubs are have multi multiple facets and multiple sort of layers of things that they do. You know, it's not it's not just a place where you go sailing. It, you know, sailing clubs are a place where we connect people together, whether it's in a bar or or through sort of shore based facilities or training, coaching, running, racing, social sailing. So how have you found dealing with the sort of multiple layers of documents, guidance, advice, and has, has there been any sort of one area that you've found useful? I, uh, I totally agree. I mean, it, it is multi-layered and there are, there's guidance from the government and there's guidance from RYA Scotland. And there's also the guidance from RYA was tend to be slightly ahead of us in Scotland just because they were unlocking earlier than we were. But because the rules were different, it doesn't necessarily apply in the same way as it would in Scotland. So you're sort of one eye on what was going on in England and wondering if Scotland was going to follow suit, but always having to wait, uh, of course, to find out what Scotland was going to do and then reacting to that. I find particularly useful the RYA Scotland guidance because um, I found when it was issued, it was really detailed and really gave us clear parameters within which to work. And that made getting back into sailing much easier because it, allowed me to, and other people in the COVID subgroup to say to members, well, this is the RYA Scotland guidance. Um, it's not binding on us, but we want to be operating in a way that's consistent with the advice that's given to us by our governing body. So that actually cut down a lot of sort of debate within the club and allowed us to move quite quickly to implement it. So I find that really, really useful. I'd say that was number one, the most important resource that I used. Other resources that I found really useful was a Facebook page called Restart Sailing, which um, had clubs from all around the UK talking about how they were implementing the guidance and what sort of sailing activities they were, that were taking place there. Some of those were Scottish clubs, but a lot of them were English clubs ahead of us. So again, that sort of allowed us to see what it might look like or, or, or how things might be implemented. So yeah, I found that um, really useful as well. And lastly, just the sort of local gen from other clubs. So people that were members of other clubs would be saying, oh, I got this from my other sailing club. This is the sort of thing they're thinking of. Indeed, when we connected uh, at the RYA Scotland Connect sessions, a lot of people from other clubs appeared on that. And so whilst it was a great resource to ask questions uh, on behalf of St Andrews Sailing Club, it was also great to hear what other questions people had and to find out what their experiences were as well. So another top resource there. I find that very, very helpful. And I think I'd like to say that it was really good to know that the RYA Scotland guidance was approved by Sports Scotland and the government body. So it gave us ultimate confidence that 
if we were complying with that, we were getting it right. I think until until recently, it's been very straightforward. Uh, my wife and I are in the habit of uh, having a coffee and listening to the Scottish Government briefings almost on a daily basis. And it's been very, very clear. It's become a bit less clear recently with uh, how many members from how many backgrounds and how many families and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, it's, it's been pretty straightforward. If one person in a club such as mine uh, makes sure that they give clear advice to the members, the members seem to accept it. If it's a bit ambiguous, if it's not desperately clear, then that's when you start to go up to the sailing club and you see somebody's in and made a cup of coffee. Excuse me, the club is closed. You cannot enter the clubhouse. So it's been very, very straightforward, I think. And occasionally the fact that we're quite a tight-knit facility. So in that sense, it's probably a wee bit safer than other some other sailing clubs. And we stressed to all our members that if they go out to sail, they've got to take into account their ability and the conditions. Uh, but if someone has to be rescued, you know, if, if life's at risk, then you just got to do it. And same with first aid. Again, that's guidance from the Scottish government. Well, I, I took responsibility in the in our committee basically for t taking the lead on COVID and what we what we would do, sharing it with the rest of the committee, and between us coming to a consensus on you know how we move forward. And the way that we've done it is basically keep trying try and keep up to date on what the Scottish government relaxation is, and then how that's reflected in the RYA Scotland uh, um, guidance. And I mean, I've taken a, a massive amount of confidence from that RYA Scotland guidance because I know you guys are taking the what's coming out of the government, interpreting that. In, into form and uh, the relaxation that we need, and then talking with Sports Scotland about it. So uh, that the guidance coming there, I, I'm kind of looking on that as an approved way forward. Then what we're trying to do is see how we can fit in with that, uh, with within the sort of constraints of our club and what we do, and what's helped there has been, as Lorna said, the the online sessions that RYA Scotland have set up with other clubs there because it's really useful under, um, listening to other clubs and how they have actually implemented the guidelines. And we picked up a lot of uh, good advice from there. Um, I've also had, I've also talked to other clubs direct and taken advice from them, just how are they doing, doing things. Also, I've spent quite a bit of time on the phone to Robin, uh, chatting over what we're thinking about doing and does, does this fit in with the guidance? Um, need, is there something else we need to do? So there's been a constant I feel there's like been a constant dialogue going on, and without that, I think we'd have really struggled. We we do we are a bigger club, and we but we do have a lot of local members that live um, sort of in Presswick and Air and Troon, and they were really really keen to get on the water, and uh, we managed that fairly quickly. And in general, people have followed the guidance, so we haven't we we haven't really hit too much of a problem. A little bit of angst in places, but. Uh, but no real problems. It's been a really challenging time for everybody. Um, and, you know, as we move through the phases, it's it's going to be key about how we get people on the water and how we provide more opportunity for our members. And I know that there's a lot, a huge amount of work being done at the moment. I'm just curious, you know, Lorna, how are you preparing for the new normal at your club? You know, is there anything particular that's fundamentally changed? We had the clubhouse closed um, and we're sailing with, um, with, a closed clubhouse, no changing facilities at all. And we've been doing that. Actually, refreshingly, it's 
incredible what you could do without a clubhouse and um, people just come changed and um, actually get out on the water quite a lot quicker because there's not so much faffing around in changing rooms so that was a, a positive but we've uh, all sorts of registrations uh, that we didn't have before and we've moved almost all payments to electronic system and booking also to an electronic system which we weren't doing before either um, so that's all changed We've got a COVID subcommittee who have, the, one half of it has been working on the clubhouse, the other half have been working on sailing activities and how it is that we're going to get back on the water and still comply with these regulations. Um, so we found that we've um, changed a little bit in, in the sense that we aren't having as many organised club activities and we're having more informal sailing, which is something that we weren't really doing before. So that's been quite a change. And only recently have we allowed people to use club boats uh, and before that we had restricted people to their own boats only because we don't want to share any sort of equipment and now we're saying you can share equipment of course but you have to um, make sure that it's you have it for your exclusive use for a set period of time and uh, before anybody else reuses it so there are endless things we've had to put in place really a lot um, to make sure people can get back on the water do so safely. Yeah, it, it, we, we're under no illusion as to how much work is getting done at clubs. And, you know, as we move through the phases, it ultimately starts to become even more complicated as more aspects of the phasing gets lifted, you know, from hospitality to business to our training centres. We can really see how um, it starts to apply in a completely different way from just the simple, simplest form of getting people in the water in phase one. So it's very, very, very challenging. What, what kind of stuff have you been putting in place for the new normal at your club? We're definitely not in anything normal at the moment. And our focus to begin with was just to get people back on the water. That, that's what people were crying out for. We, you know, we do, as a club, we did a lot of racing, but the, our sort of racing members realised early on that was just not going to happen in the same way as normal this year, but they still wanted to get out in the water, and so we were able to we were able to make that happen. Um, and like Lorna said, one of the things that's come out of that is well, that and the fact that people are working or in inverted commas working from home seems to be that they can go sailing during the day, during the week. So we have we have people out in the water almost every day. Um, and um, through sort of social media, two or three of them are, are you know, socially distancing, but being at the club at the same time and going out for a sale. So I think that that is a change that will actually, that will stick, that will, that will continue um, into the future with people coming and sailing during the day, which is something we hadn't done in the past. In, in terms of the sort of looking forward to the normal, the big one for us would be to get the clubhouse open. Um, to be able to use it particularly for training at the moment well we just opened our to a toilet today to allow members to use a toilet um but the clubhouse the rest of the clubhouse remains shut but it would be a big step forward for us to get um at least part of the clubhouse open so that the limited training that we were doing some of it could be done indoors so just i just want to unpick a little bit of what what neil's just said there and, and See, has has there been anything I suppose different that you've done over this that you think that might be a new opportunity for the club going forward? Emails, regular newsletters. Uh, although there's not a lot happening, uh, I think it's important to keep in touch with the members, uh, to let them know you're thinking of them. 
let them know that you really regret that they can't come to the club as often, especially well, for people who need instruction. Uh, but just, just a word every so often keeps them feeling connected and hopefully very, very soon we can uh, make that a real physical connection. And that connection is, is, is super important, important, Joe. So it's certainly been important for me in, in you know, this period and connecting to my club. And, and, and that, you know, that's been great for me. As, as, uh, so, you know, Lorne and Neil, is there anything, anything else that you've been doing that you think that might stay on your programme or your operations going forward? Something that we had in place already, but has been sort of taken off a lot more during lockdown and since the phase one and the opening up began, which is our WhatsApp group. So, I mean, we do have regular email communication with our membership, but our, what we tend to do is we, we issue a sailing club programme at the beginning of the season and we say, right, these are the events that are taking place, you know, either come or, or don't come, depending on your availability. Whereas with the WhatsApp group, and particularly when we were allowed to start sailing in phase one, but only sort of informal sailing, not club organised activity, what we had on WhatsApp were people just getting cut touch. Um, just saying, oh, I'm thinking about going down today at two o'clock, who's coming? Um, and you've got the sort of informal arrangement with people connecting that perhaps wouldn't normally have connected with each other and gone sailing together. Because we, we were advising or recommending that people had a sort of buddy system to go sailing at least. And so you, you, what you were seeing were people in the club actually connecting that way they probably weren't doing before. And I really hope that that continues. I mean, it is continuing at the moment. And I really hope that on top of our sailing program, all our training and, and planned events, that continues and that we really build on that becomes part of our whole club um, spirit. And the second thing um, that I think is a real boon, it was there before, but it's sort of taken off in lockdown, which is um, the VR, the online virtual regatta. Um, I mean, personally, I really enjoy that. I did think to myself, well, at the end, once once we're all back in the water, nobody will be interested in that. And to be honest, some of that has waned. People are getting back in the water, aren't are less interested. However, I do think it's a really uh, important uh, facility to have for people who temporarily or for longer periods of time can't get on the water. And also, I think it's a really important teaching tool, especially for younger uh, kids. Um, who you're just trying to get it into their subconscious how to sail and they play games in all sorts of other areas of their lives and it's a very natural way for them to learn so I think I will be using that and certainly recommending it to a lot of the um, people that are learning to sail in our club. Yeah no it's it's I, I think you're right that e-sailing has certainly had a massive rise uh, and to put a bit of a, a selfish plug in here we've got our Scottish Cup trophy e-sailing championships coming up which would normally be you know a big event in our calendar but we're going to run it online this year and we're super excited we're going to have a live final and all that sort of stuff and commentary from our very own Robin Nickel. but uh Neil anything anything for, for you in, in your club and and that you might keep for the future yes uh yes something that we kind of stumbled across really the the, the lockdown came in the middle of March uh, at that point we were still collecting subscriptions from members so we had and, um, and oh, and this year we'd also introduced a pay monthly scheme. So we had some members that had paid in full, some members that had paid partly, and some members who hadn't paid anything yet. Then, of course, the lockdown came. Um, nobody wanted to pay anything, um, which is understandable. 
and it went you know it went on basically to the end of May by which time we were really not sure how the season was going to turn out at all whether we were going to be able to offer any sailing or or you know certainly we felt we probably wouldn't be able to offer much training and much racing although it has turned out better than we thought but so at that time we sat down and thought right what are we going to do with with the with subscriptions so we decided that our focus for this year was not going to be financial at all we can we can take that the, the club can take the hit for the year our focus for the year was going to be retaining membership into next year trying to get as many members into the club this year looking ahead to next year and hopefully things are back to normal so so what we did was we decided to make membership of Presswick Sailing Club free for everybody. So that was free to our previous members, to people that had already paid. We did a, a, an advertising campaign on social media within, within, the, within the club and also within the local community. And within, within, I think, a week of doing that, we had 70 new members. And since then, we've now, we have we've increased our membership by 120 it's it's a bit odd because the 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 people that are joining uh, for free may not actually get any sailing at all this year because we might not be able to offer them training however they are members of the club and we would hope to try and attract them back last year quite quite a number of these free memberships have been families and they are quite a few of them are now taking up the offer of family training which they are paying for. So effectively, they're paying their subscription to get training. Um, and what we want to do is try and retain those people into next year. And the, op the opportunity has come, I think, because so many people have not been able to go on holiday this year. Um, and people in, in the, down the Clyde Coast where we are have thought, oh, what can we do with the kids over the summer? You know, if the weather's nice, what we're going to do local because we're not going anywhere else. And they've decided to join the sailing club. Something they've been thinking about doing for years, many of them have said. So we've really increased our membership. And I'm already starting to think about how we can continue that into next year, looking at membership categories and how we how we might ask people to pay and what they'll get for that in terms of club membership and training. So it's, that has been a big opportunity and, and uh, we need to capitalise on it. Thanks, Neil. It's really... I suppose uh, really interesting and fascinating to hear that some of the changes that might stay and, and, and they're actually around club management and how we run our club and, and trying to make things potentially a little bit easier, but more open and, and just looking differently at how we do that. So, yeah, Robert. Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant to hear. I mean, some of the stories that we're hearing from the clubs is fantastic about the opportunities that have arisen out of uh, this pandemic. But um you know, moving on a little bit, um, what concerns do you have for the next 12 months? Over lockdown, I was concerned about financial impact uh, of COVID on the club and how that might look in a year's time. I was worried about the membership. I was worried about our members who have joined and paid up the membership and aren't getting to sale this year. Um, well, still haven't got to sale. Those were all concerns. Um, I'm somewhat reassured by the number of people that have joined, in fact, new members that have joined in the last few weeks. And I think it's just like uh, Neil and Joe have been saying, that people are here, they're, they're staying local, they're looking for things to do, they're sort of 
probably um, appreciating a bit more of outdoors and exercise and enjoying that more. And fortunately, we are seeing actually quite a lot of new membership to the club. So going forward, I mean, hopefully that will continue to be like that. But um, of course, we may, who knows, in the future, um, have another lockdown. But I do feel if we did have another lockdown, we'd be better equipped to deal with it, having, having gone through what we've gone through this time. Possibly worth mentioning something that's impressed me. Uh, almost every single member who was a member last year has paid their fees this year. And uh, nobody has said anything about not getting the value for the money. It's just, it's our club we want to, to, we want to ensure that it survives into next year and beyond. So it's been really gratifying. It's just the mentality of sailing. I, I suppose it's a, it's a risky, risky sport in some respects because you get deep water but everyone looks out for everyone else and everyone this year has looked out for the club it's been fantastic to see yeah that really touches on what jack mentioned earlier on about you know what drives us what motivates us those friendships those you know what a club means to us so it's much more than just the sport itself um, and you certainly touched on that there you know so that motivation to pay to be a member of the club or, or come down and get engaged with the club because you you feel you know a part of something uh, neil what about uh, down at presswick any major concerns yeah one one of the concerns is just what you said robin that um the club is more than it's more than just a, a sailing club it is a people a place where people meet up um <laughs> You know, people of all ages and all backgrounds, and and that's much more difficult at the moment. I hope that next year that that the real you know further relaxations allows that to happen again. Because although we are back sailing and some people are meeting up, it's just not this. It doesn't have the same community feeling that the club had previously, um, and I think that's a bad thing because we've got we have from absolute beginners through to British champions sailing at the club all you know, all together and, and they can all learn from each other. And uh, we're, we're definitely missing that. From the sort of club point of view, I think one of the cha our potential challenges next year is that just dealing with what's happened and the changes we've had to make is, has been as difficult. It's taken a lot of time and a lot of discussion, all of which has been done, you know, remotely. I think one of the challenges for next year would be if that continues if we as a club can start to get back together again face to face i think things will be much easier there are a lot there are a lot of things that have happened this year that will it will turn out to be beneficial and we will want to implement into the future continuing to make changes all remotely is difficult and uh, so you know that's one of the challenges i think if if we can get people back together at the club i think that would be a massive step forward from a from a social mental health point of view but also from a point of view actually trying to manage the club into the future yeah i have a question for you guys it's around <clears throat> the sort of linking between clubs because of the the pandemic certainly my view is that clubs have been communicating much more with each other and sharing the way they're doing things and that has been really really valuable now i know i know that was going on before um but do you think there are some lessons or, or some changes that RYE Scotland might make to try and continue to do that? Yeah, Neil, great, great question. And we set out to do, I suppose, I'm paraphrasing slightly here, but we set out to do three things, which is connect with more clubs and members and training centres as possible. And once we've uh, to connect, we wanted them to provide as much support as we possibly could with our, with our team and, and capacity that we have. Uh, and then we wanted to uh, provide the appropriate and, I suppose, usable guidance. 
So they were three things that we set out to set out to do. And actually, on reflection, those those are the three things that we we really want to just continue doing. So we wanted to try and make those networks even stronger. And I suppose the success of some of that connect work is that you can actually talk more with other clubs than than you are doing now. We we deem that a real big big success story. Now, we were lucky coming all to get involved in the first tranche of, of clubs and uh, I'm sure we said thank you uh, for, for all your support but I, I just want to say again it's proved to be so so valuable uh, it's, it's, it's in so many ways it's, it's focused us it showed us the, the complete picture and one of the first things we did was to change our name from Loch Side Sailing Club which could be anywhere in the world to come an all sailing club and immediately you get that connection with your local uh, your local community. And it's paid off handsomely because year on year we've increased the membership. Uh, so much so that we have to fill the big bloody car park. <laughs> but th- thanks, th- thanks for all your help. Yeah, I would, oh. like, I would like to echo uh, Joe, what Joe said and say thanks to all you guys from RYA Scotland because, you know, for, from my point of view at Presswick, we've been supported all the way through this, particularly by Robin. So... I can I can tell you it is very very much appreciated. So thank you. I would like to say a big thank you from St Andrew's Sailing Club as well. Couldn't have got through all this, all that guidance, regulations, and trying to make head or tail of it. Really, really helped by the connect sessions and all the input from yourselves and from Lisa and from Nikki too. So big big thank you from us. Well, very kind words there, Jack, for you and I and the rest of the guys at Airways Scotland. It's uh, that wasn't prompted, but it was very nice. Thank you very much. Honestly, we, we take our hats off to you because the work, we know the work you're doing is very difficult and very challenging. And uh, yeah, no, thank you very much for joining us this evening and uh, hope to see you in the water soon. The insights and connections with our clubs and training centres have been essential as we've been moving through the phases in a return to activity. We will continue to support our affiliates to ensure more people can enjoy Scotland's wonderful coasts and lochs safely and with confidence that our training centres and clubs can provide. We are looking forward to continuing our discussions with you about how you may approach going afloat and what you're going to do to keep yourself safe. We want to highlight the importance of taking care to prepare yourself and your boat for going afloat. You will need to check your destinations are open and can accommodate you. We welcome your feedback and ideas for future Off the Water episodes. We want to make sure that the topics we cover are relevant, so please get in touch with your thoughts on future content, and the details are in the bio. Please hit the subscribe button, give us a like, or leave a review. Remember to take a note of our website and check all of our social media channels for the latest news and updates. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Off the Water.